Ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to... Moderate Turbulence. My name's Jeremy. I'm Adele. And Happy New Year. It's our first podcast of 2021. It's so true. Yeah, our first podcast of 2021. Yeah. Um, Exciting. We're still, we're still going. We're still going up into the new year with the podcast so excited about that absolutely what else is new i mean not much the dumpster fire that was 2020 is over so you know it can only get better i mean yeah let's not jinx it you know we have all those memes on online about you know what's next what's like oh we're gonna go into the year like Let's go. Let's make this a great year. And then, no, let's, you know, tread lightly. We're going to go in slowly and calmly and, and see what happens and not disturb anything. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which is really funny. But um, yeah, I mean, we can only hope for the best and just be positive and really do our best. And, and yeah, hope that it, it will be better and, and hope for better times better moments better you know opportunities for us to go back flying to go back to see our families at the very least well yeah that's that's like i think the major thing that's killing us right now like you haven't been back to montreal i haven't been back to toronto in so long um to see family you know and it, it was especially hard during the holidays of course yeah i mean we know it's the right thing and of course we've talked about it and how it's like it's everybody's in the same like boat of like we all understand that it's the right thing but it doesn't really make it easier i mean not being home in montreal with my mom at christmas when i was off and i still have travel benefits to go Mm -hmm. on a plane and flights are happening obviously they're not super frequent but they are happening so just that was kind of like but but i i can go on a plane i mean I, i might as well it's Get on a plane. Let's go see. But yeah, it's you just can't. It doesn't make sense. And well, yeah. And then of course, like you don't want to put anybody else at risk. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Like my my mom has a lot of interactions with my uncle and my grandfather. My grandfather is in his mid nineties, so he's you know yeah the most at risk demographic. So you know, as much as it would have been nice to see all of them for Christmas. It's just, it's not right. Yeah. And it's not safe, especially since we don't really know all that much about how it's transmitted. We just know it's super contagious and some people are asymptomatic. Yeah. You know, yeah, cool. The- I don't have any symptoms. I'm feeling great. But then I pass it on to someone who's super vulnerable. Well, yeah. Like they were saying, I think we mentioned this before, how you can go a week having it being contagious, but have zero symptoms. So, you know. Anyways, on to bigger and better things. So today we decided to start the year off on a exciting note. Um, We didn't want to do an incident right off the bat because we want to, you know, kind of step into 2021 with more positive vibes and more. um, We're not never going to do incidents. We will resume them, but we just didn't want to do it as the first episode. We're going to do another uh, reaction uh, episode um any ideas what we're doing any any thoughts out there you can you know pause and take a guess of what we're doing what what movie we're gonna react to 
It's flight attendant based. Well, really? (laughs) That was my subtle hint because it's obviously a podcast by two flight attendants. (laughs) Not a helpful hint. Uh, So you want to tell them what we're going to react to, Jeremy? Yes, we are going to react to uh, a wonderful movie called A View from the Top. Mm-hmm. Starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Mike Myers, Christina Applegate, Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, and who am I forgetting? The, oh, Candace Bergen. Yeah, the, yeah, the lead flight attendant. And and as we're watching it, we noticed, oh my goodness, one of the characters from Grey's Anatomy has like a little quick scene in there. We're like, yeah. oh wow, it's it's Arizona from Grey's. <laughs> yeah, I think her act, the actress is Jessica Chapman. Is that who that is? Could be. You know Grey's better than me. Um, yeah, so we're going to react. We both had seen the movie before, but it had had been a few years for me, most likely for you as well. So we watched it last night, took some notes, and obviously had like fresh eyes and a, per- a different perspective. Even though the first time I did watch it was after I became a flight attendant. No, we I all gonna, watched. I was going to ask you, when was the first time you watched this? Yeah, so we all watched it um, when we were living um, in Toronto. Five newbie flight attendants together. We're all friends, thankfully, but all of us living together in close quarters. And I don't remember who suggested it, but uh, we we're like, yeah, let's watch A View from the Top. What else would we watch right now? Yeah. That's the most, you know... Obvious it's the most choice. flight attendant movie. <laughs> yeah. And we have, that's our job now. So might as well watch it and have, you know, a very relatable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was back, I would probably guess back in 2016 is when okay. I watched that for the first time. Not super long ago, but still, you know, yeah. I didn't remember every single detail. I just knew that Gwyneth Paltrow wanted to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> first class international. Paris first class yeah. international. Um, I actually, her mantra. I actually went to see this movie the day it came out. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so you saw it in theater. I saw it in theaters. Yeah. So it came out in 2003. I was already a flight attendant at that point. And uh, I went to see it with friends that were not an airline. And I was like, I, I have to see this movie. Like, come on, it's based on my job. Um, so I actually went to see it the day it came out in theaters. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So it has been a really long time for you. I've I've probably seen it once or twice over the years, okay. but but yeah, it's been a while for me. Yeah. And of course, like you you know the main premise of the movie. So it's a flight attendant movie, um, following the the character portrayed by Gwyneth Paltrow, and she, you know, she's sort of stuck in a small town in the U.S. And she wants to get out of it and see the world. And so she applies to become a flight attendant at like a really tiny airline. And she gets to do that for a little bit. And then, uh, and then of course, she decides after they see flight attendants sort of at a cafe who are for a major airline, she's like, that's what we should do. And so the movie progresses from there. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a very, very quick synopsis Mm -hmm. again if you are listening and haven't seen the movie pause this podcast so you can go uh watch it and you can react with us Mm -hmm. um it's it's a great movie i it's very it's not very long it's super cutesy um and rewatching it both last night i think we both agreed that a lot of what is shown is pretty accurate yep yep from the training to the interview process to maybe not loving the small town roots and 
uh, you know, thriving more for the overseas and, and things like that. And obviously not everything is accurate, but we thought it was, you know, quite close on a general note to what yeah the reality is yeah <laughs> of our job and like the process of getting hired and everything so yeah. so do you want to start from from the beginning of the movie and talk about accuracies and accuracies and such um well i mean the first so yeah as you mentioned the what is her name donna okay so when donna joins sierra airlines so I don't know where she's based, but it's super, super small. I think they have like two planes, the guy said when they interviewed. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, that that airline's motto is, I wrote it down, uh, the guy's interviewing her and he says that their motto is big hair, short skirts, and service. <laughs> That's their motto. Yeah. And it's true. Like their uniform is super tight and yeah, big hair sprayed hair. Like 80s hair. <laughs> yeah. Which is ridiculous. But I mean, it's also that you can take a little bit of truth out of that because, you know, smaller regional airlines will have very different uniforms and different policies than like the bigger, more widely known, more worldwide airlines. Or professional airlines. Yeah. Well, you can't really say this. A small airline is not professional. No, but I mean, when you're catering to certain travelers, it's like... You know, if you're that sort of regional Sierra, you know, the tight uniforms and all that stuff versus an airline where you're looking for more business travelers who want, you know, their peace and quiet and, you know, long haul flights to complete their work and things like that. So I don't mean the airline itself professional. I just mean more catering to the clientele. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So and of course, like the planes are kind of like rickety. They seem older. Uh, they're prop planes, and on her very first flight, she unbuckles her seatbelt kind of early in the flight, and as they're experiencing a bit of turbulence, it starts yelling through the cabin, oh my god, we're going to die, and then just starts screaming, uh, or we're going to crash, and just starts screaming, and well, I mean, we're just cracking up watching this. Like, Yeah, because, well, it wasn't, it wasn't turbulence, it was on takeoff. Yeah, but then like afterwards, they were talking about, oh yeah, turbulence for the first time is you know. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the hiring process when she was moving on to the the major airline, which is called Royalty Air. And uh, so again, like this is a a major airline, and they all pile into a hotel, sort of like conference area, and then they have you know the interviews there with the with the people that are recruiting. Now, the one guy who is played by Mike Myers, he's sort of like the head of training. At Royalty Air, and so he's sort of interviewing the the ladies in in this movie here. And I wanted to point out some similarities to my hiring process. When I first joined a major airline, I had to go to a hotel and wait in line. There was thousands upon thousands of, of candidates there. And then we had to go through talking to one person who said, you know, make sure you fit the criteria. Then you had to go wait into another group and then talk one-on-one with like a a slightly longer interview. And then after that, you had to go do a language test right away. And then after that, they said, okay, we'll let you know. Um, so again, this was way back uh, when I applied in the year 2000. So, you know, the process has changed a little bit from then till now. Now there's a lot more 
you know, you apply online and then you sort of get the vetted process through there before you go into to do your actual interviews. Um, so what did you think of the recruiting process? I mean, for me, it was completely different, but that is more of a early 2000s and earlier type of hiring process. We called it a cattle call, yeah. I was hired in 2014, so 11 years after this movie aired. So, But I know that that's the process that was in place back then. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned it. A lot of other people have mentioned it. But I think it's not completely unlikely um, even... 10 years ago, not even 10 years, like five, six, seven years ago. I've had other people tell me that too. It wasn't the case for me. I just applied online and then they called me and then had mm. interviews at that point. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, I'm well aware of that, that process. Uh, one, one little uh, aside there as well that I, I've experienced in the past is a lot of people say, I went with my friend who really wanted to be a flight attendant my friend didn't make it, but I did, even though I wasn't really there for it. So it, apparently it happens a lot where people, you know, you accompany someone as their support group. And then unfortunately they don't make it, but you make it. And then you're like, oh, okay, we'll give this a, sh a shot and end up loving the job. Yeah. Most people go into being a flight attendant, say they'll be there for two years and 25 years later, they're still there. Yep. yep. So it's, it's an addictive lifestyle. I think we've mentioned it before, but the lifestyle is completely different than anything you could even imagine. So you get used to that. Obviously, there's like perks of travel and you're on layovers and you're having fun, like in your you know, in hotel rooms and all these things. And you, But the whole way that you live your life when you're a flight attendant is so different and it's very nice. It's Obviously, like there's pros and cons of everything and you're away from home, but you're also at home a lot more. You have a lot of more time when you're at home because you have a lot more days off and time off. Yeah. And depending on the airline, your bidding schedule, how it all works, seniority, like for us, it's not unfeasible to get a week, a full week off in a month on a monthly basis. Oh, yeah. At least a week off. Yeah. You can even have more. Yeah. Or you can schedule yourself a schedule. You can bid a, your schedule if you have seniority and you're able to, to have like three to four weeks of just days off in a row. Mm -hmm. And that's not even vacation. That's not even any special kinds of leaves of absence. It's just that's what you bid your days to be. Yeah. Obviously, this would go from one month into the next month because if you had four weeks off in, let's say, in all of February, that's then you're February. not working. <laughs> But like if you did like bid the last two weeks off of February and then the first two weeks off of March yeah. and you're able to hold that schedule because of your seniority, then yeah, you have a month off and it's not vacation. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So when that works out, then you have yeah, the extra time off in a row to possibly take a trip or mm -hmm. do whatever else you want. And it's not a vacation time and you're not losing any pay or you're not, you're not you know, changing your, your, your paycheck in any way. It's just your schedule. Yep. Uh, what did you think of the interview questions Mike Myers was asking them? Uh, 
I don't remember all of them, but I just know that he was like freaking one girl out. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, what was it? How question? do you do with like sudden blah, blah, blah. Like he was trying yeah, to like, like, surprise them. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of surprises? Yeah. But like freaking out, like jerking and like yeah. super aggressive hand movements. Yeah. And obviously like half screaming at her. And he does it like three times in a row to obviously test in case of an unexpected situations yeah. which I, you you get but obviously it's kind of over the top to oh, definitely to scare someone mm-hmm. during an interview you know i don't remember the other questions but they seem kind of standard well, in a way they they were having fun with it it's like like well, let's do a little word association i'll just say something you say the first oh, thing oh yeah that, well that one know. didn't make sense i didn't yeah. understand that but the uh, the ones that they asked donna yeah seemed more straightforward and then the other recruits got weird questions yeah uh now for the actual training portion of it a lot of it is pretty standard you know you have the classroom the exams that that's all true the practical exercises again they were a little over the top but uh you know ass is the window no it's assess the window and then we actually have to go through lots of drills like that to you know make sure you can open the doors and open all the security exits properly uh we do practical training on first aid again way over the top uh and then what was a little bit different than, of course, the airline that we participate in is uh, once you get your final marks, that's where they kind of place you. Are you first class international going to Paris? Are you going to be on the regional route or the express route? Uh, now, our airline is just like you graduate, you're boom, you're a flight attendant. You do all the routes that we do. Um, but our airline is separated into several different airlines where we do have our, our regional and express sort of routes leisure leisure airlines yeah but those are separate airlines they function separately well yeah exactly and then in this um movie yeah that was definitely odd but for emirates i know that they have like the flight school or flight attendant school like for emirates yeah like i know that's the that's the case for that airline yeah so i feel like in a way that might have been based on that loosely in yeah. a way, because, you know, you have everybody stay on site in this massive compound training center area, which is almost like a a university of sorts, but for that airline. And you go through your training and you're in that one place for the whole time. Yeah. And it's the airline that owns that spot. That complex. Yeah. Um, obviously it's not the case for our airline. I don't know if it's the case for any North American airlines. Yeah, um, in the U S um, I know JetBlue. They, I think they call it JetBlue university or something along those lines for their like training area. And that's, I think they have pilots and flight attendants because they have a lot of simulator based training there for pilots as well. Uh, and another thing I wanted to point out was that it is often very likely that depending where you live, you have to relocate for training. And then once training completes, you have to relocate and boom, this is where you're now based. You have three days to move there. Go. <laughs> yeah. So that part is kind of accurate where you do, you're you finished training and then you are assigned your base. Yep. That that part is very accurate. But the, oh, you're, you got good marks. So you get to fly to Paris and you got marks. So you get to only fly to whatever cleveland yeah cleveland (laughs) um that's yeah well that's not the case for us and i don't really think that's really the case for anybody else like i think it's they're they're pulling from like old school training where 
like sometimes your seniority would be based on your marks. So like if you're top of the class, boom, you get the best seniority number. And then if you're kind of bottom of the class, you're still hired as a flight attendant, but your seniority won't be as good within that class. But uh, but nowadays you graduate, you graduate all of the, like, well, again, with our airline, all of the seniority numbers are randomly generated. So yeah, you know, luck of the draw kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is good because yeah, if you pass training, then then you you slot in with your seniority number, and yeah, once you get senior enough and you can bid for those Paris flights, then you know, go for it. You you do that, but yeah. when you graduate from initial training, you're not going to be holding Paris routes on a regular basis. That's pretty much for sure. I'm an exception with my third language yeah. that I was getting the the German roots very regularly right off the bat. But yeah. anyone else who just speaks French and English, yeah. you're graduating your initial training, you're going to be on call, you're going to be on reserve, and you're probably going to get an international flight within the first few months, but yeah. it's also not guaranteed. Yep. You're probably going to do those flights to cleveland <laughs> or in our case like you know some of the smaller like when i first started you know i did a lot of flights to thunder bay <laughs> i never been there yeah i, but I don't stayed, think we fly but, there anymore uh it's regional <laughs> yeah that was on the dc9 way back in the day <laughs> but uh oh yeah and i think we both made the comment or made the observation too that it's like with royalty airlines it was you're either going to Paris, but you're working first class, or you're on the express route doing really small town regional flights. Yeah, like there's no middle ground. It's not you're not you don't get to work economy on the Paris flights. It's first class or nothing. Yeah, first class or express. Yeah, <laughs> they obviously don't mention the other ones, but it's like when Donna finally gets the Paris flight, of course she's working first class, but they don't show any other cabin. Yeah. And there's not not even any other crew on her flight. Yeah, I know. it's just it's her. So weird. <laughs> well, well, you don't see anybody else. Yeah, yeah, it's a movie, but yeah, it's just like you're either going to Paris working first class, or that's that's the only option. Yep. There's no like, oh, you're you know gonna maybe work economy, maybe going to like the Caribbean or something, doing a turn. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Paris first class. Paris or nothing. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but to me, Paris is really not it. <laughs> it's not all that. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Paris. Well, and and you've lived in France for for a bit of time, and you know that Paris is the big city, and it's yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been to Paris. Let's yeah, explain that. I've. It's not like I've never been there, and I just don't like it. Yeah. I have been there several times, and I still don't like it. <laughs> um, but anyways, I understand that a lot of people very much like romanticize glamorize paris as a city to be like the be all end all european destination mm -hmm. understand that but it is not to me <laughs> yeah um yeah so anything else about the training uh i just liked the, the line that mike myers used you peak too soon you're what we like to call in training a peak too sooner <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious and if i ever go back to working in training i i, I want to like say that with my colleagues just to be like you're a peak too sooner just to see if they can react and know what it's from 
Well, yeah, and it's all it was. It's a funny line because Donna asks. Well, he says you peak too soon, mm-hmm. and Donna asks for clarification, and that's when he says you're what we call a peak too sooner, which <laughs> is like okay, thank you for the non-explanation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a funny part. Um, yeah, I mean the other funny part is them screaming their, I guess, commands with the oxygen masks on yeah yeah which is like okay (laughs) that is kind of far-fetched well yeah we have like depending on the aircraft it's usually an automated message that comes through the pa speakers you're not going to hear someone talking through a mask well yeah exactly and i mean you're watching the movie and you can also not understand what they're saying which is obviously part of the hilarity and the comedic aspect of the movie but it's not an accurate depiction of flight attendant training yeah, yeah. just in that little moment. But the overall, like you mentioned, like the drills and like mm-hmm. they have to be, you know, precise and they have to be quick and they have to be loud and they have to be not aggressive, but they have to be kind of take charge attitude. Directive, yeah. Yeah. Not just like, oh, okay, I'm going to open the door now. Yeah. No, it's an emergency. Like, let's go, let's go move. Yeah. Like, come on, say your words loud. I, you I know, was, do it quickly, do it with assertiveness and, yeah. you know. I was impressed, uh, like, number one with, with that, how they that was a little more realistic, but uh, also with their simulators that they were using. So they had, like, a service-type sim, and then they also had, like, uh, a simulator where they, they could make the oxygen masks drop, and then they had the doors to open, and, and that's very realistic. Yeah, because, have those, yeah. as one can imagine, you we don't put us in real planes. Yeah. While we're learning, because yeah. they teach us in "quote unquote" fake planes in Our a, a warehouse, or well, oh, yeah. it's not a warehouse, but you know what I mean—a training center. Yeah, that's a good word. Or hangar. Sometimes it's yep. in a hangar, depending on where you are yep. in the country. Um, and yeah, we sometimes the those simulators move. Yep. Sometimes um, they just that you have like the, but you do have every. Most aspects of a real plane, the seats, the doors, the windows, the overhead bins, mm-hmm. the oxygen mass, the emergency equipment, yep. firefighting equipment. Mm-hmm. So we do all those drills and all those emergency procedures in fake planes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, like I know we're we're in Canada and we have to follow the standards of the flight attendant training standard. And uh I mean, if you're curious, if you're like, oh no, what are they going to teach us in training? You could actually go on the um, on the Canadian government website and look up flight attendant training standards, and it tells you everything that has to be taught. And then the programs all get audited, and they have people from uh, from Transport Canada who come and audit the programs and make sure that everything's being taught uh, to the flight attendant training standard. Were you trying to compare like airline regulations within with? government regulations well it's sort of like you're not just making up the program being like oh this is what we want our flight attendants to do like there's a strict in in canada at least i know the faa has their own guidelines Mm -hmm. but in canada the transport canada flight attendant training standard it's very strict it's very thorough and you have to teach to that make sure all of those points are covered uh it's neat i got to spend a little time sort of working with that and helping create a program. So uh, it kind of gave me a little knowledge and I was like, Oh wow. Like this literally highlights everything that has to be taught for initial training. When you, when you first become a flight attendant, as well as annual recurrent training, when you come back for your two to three days of training every year, 
and even your requalification training, what has to be covered in that in conjunction with annual training to get you requalified if you're off for more than a year. Anyway, so it's, it's all there. Like anybody can go on online and see it. It's pretty neat. Uh, And if you're curious, go on, just browse it a little bit and be like, oh, okay. So they really have a lot to research to make sure the programs are done correctly. Anyways, just a little aside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and the government does regulate our emergency procedures pretty much to a T, like all our emergency procedures are pretty much completely regulated by the government. And then each airline will have their own procedures when it comes to service. Oh, yeah. So things like that. So that's where each individual airline needs to train their uh, crew to their standards. Yeah. But everything else, yeah, is government um, regulated. And um, I would assume in that case that every airline within Canada will have a very, very similar initial training program. Yep. Obviously, it just depends on what aircraft that airline has. And that will determine the length and also like the intensity (laughs) of the training. If your airline only has one aircraft, then you're probably going to be done within two weeks. Yeah. But then if your airline has 10 different kind of aircrafts, then might take you a bit longer than two weeks. Well, yeah. My next point, I don't know if yours, if you have something to go before this, but uh, my next point was talking about... uh, Internal security and having a ghost rider follow the one flight attendant who was suspected of stealing. Oh, but wasn't there an, uh, an incident before then? Was what? The soap? No. Is that the only time we see internal security? Well, yeah. When she when she gets busted for stealing? Yeah. That's like, the only time? Yeah, you see the Candace Bergen character call like the airline and be like, I need to speak with internal security. And then the next scene, you see the Christina Applegate character stealing minis. And then there's like a guy watching from from the cabin. And then they're like, you oh, need to yeah. come with us. Okay, yeah. I guess yeah, that is the only time we see him. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? Well, obviously, stealing is a big no-no. And if you get caught, you're you're done, period. I mean, yeah, that's just, it should be standard with any company yep. ever. Yeah. Don't steal from your company. <laughs> yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds, as we like to say. And yeah, so that, I mean, that was realistic to a point where like, I, like if the company suspects someone's stealing, I'm sure that they would find a way to, to prove it and then use that evidence. Well, yeah, exactly. And it's like, they didn't know anything about what she was doing. And yeah, they had someone spy on her. And that's pretty accurate when it comes to that you know if you suspect someone from doing something then that person ends up being very closely monitored seeing if the reports against this person are true yeah it's i mean it's a slippery slope but uh like just don't do it well yeah and like people like this character what was her name the christine christine Christine, (laughs) yeah played by christina applegate yes wow okay (laughs) Uh, so Christine, yeah, she would steal so much. Yeah. So, so, so much. She would mostly steal little alcohol minis, but one scene where she's on a layover in Cleveland with Donna, and that's the first time they meet up post-initial training, and she has a purse full of alcohol, headsets, 
um amenity like, kits um yeah many kits yeah. and like those Body little shades, um like, like kid oh, stickers wings, yeah. and wings and things like that that you give to children which that i wouldn't be the worst thing to take just because like you take them for children yeah that's meant to be given it's meant yeah. to be taken off the plane well, obviously, the, don't take meant, all of meant them. Meant to be gifts, like for kids, like yeah, like for me, it, it, it's not uncommon when we had those wings on board. Like we would have little sticker wings. I would keep several in my pocket, uh, and then like if you know you see kids, you're like, oh, here you go, and hand it to them on boarding. And sometimes you'd still have several in your pocket for the next flight. So it's not like I'm taking them off, selling them on eBay or anything. But well, yeah. I, you know, it would be like, oh, and then on the next flight, I still have some. I think my point was just it's just um, it's meant to be taken off the aircraft so it's so it's not the worst thing for yeah. someone to steal obviously she's doing it with malicious intent because she's just taking anything to take anything yeah because she doesn't have kids and she just why would she have those children you know accessories in her yeah. bag what's what's your next point well, was mine, that, mine kind what, of follows that what was that all you wanted to say about yeah, internal like it could happen internal security yeah if you're suspected of stealing they will catch you you will get fired period <laughs> Um, okay, so your next, you said you had a next point that goes with this. That sort of follows this one. So the next scene after the Christine character, uh, you know, gets caught by internal security, you see Gwyneth Paltrow. She's now been bumped from her express job to Paris first class international. So of course, she's alone on the plane preparing the galley for the flight. And then oh yeah, the Christine character just kind of walks on in civvies. And it's not like she's she's not working. So what's she doing past security on the bridge now on the aircraft? Like this could never happen. And then, of course, they sort of have it out and a fight breaks out and then security comes and drags her away. And no one else is around. Like it's only those two people. So Donna, still a flight attendant, and Christine, the fired flight attendant. Yeah. Which is, again, weird that there's no other crew members. Yeah. Like. Why? At one point, they were like, oh, I want to fly on the 747 Paris First Class International. So you got to imagine if this is a 747, there's no way you have less than 12 crew members on board. (laughs) Yeah. Plus the flight crew, so the pilots. And if people are screaming and fighting and knocking things over in the galley, you'd better believe someone would hear and come assist. But no, of course not. She's flying to Paris all by herself. Yeah. On a 747. (laughs) Yeah. But only first class. Only first class. That's the only <laughs> class of service um, when you fly to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what, yeah, I, a point I, I didn't write down, but I wanted to make too is the Candace Bergen. What, what's her name? Uh, something Weston. Sally Weston. Sally Weston. So she's like, she wrote a book and she's like, has this glamorous mansion and she's like the the be all end all of like senior flight attendants and she's done all the routes and is she still flying? It's kind of unclear of whether she's retired or not. They uh, they sort of imply that she's retired. And then like at the very end, I, is that what you're getting at? No, I was just getting at that. The, the way her life is portrayed and how glamorous and like yeah. how much money she has from being a, a, it seems like she's probably a purser or like a, yeah, a lead, a lead flight attendant who flies the international routes that was like so over the top and not not accurate at all i'm like yeah we love our jobs and yeah we we get we get paid well for what we we, do yeah Yeah. we get paid well i'm like but we're not making 
any kind of yeah. close money that what she was well, depicting. But then, like, they also had her husband, who it's implied that she met him on a flight, and he seems like a first-class passenger, yada, yada, yada. So who knows if he's, like, super loaded, and then she's, like... It's true. I guess, like, you can assume that it's his money, in a way. Well, Not yeah. that she wouldn't have any of her own, but, like, okay, just bottom line flight attendants are not rich you're not gonna make millions working as a flight attendant let's be honest here well especially when you first start out yeah yeah i just yeah i just found the whole movie kind of (laughs) inaccurately depicts kind of like the the goal or like the peak flight attendant like she seems like at the top of her career she's achieved everything when it comes to flight attendant she's like royalty airlines like golden child because yeah. she's kind of the face of everything and they're at training and kind of leading everything and she's in this glamorous mansion and hosting everyone and all the flight attendants and has this you know all the uniforms in her closet of all like all the uniforms that she's gone through with the airline and yeah. it's just like again it's over the top i know right? it's over <laughs> the top but like i was just like that's that's not what you're gonna achieve if you become a flight attendant you're not gonna achieve rich richness and extreme wealth (laughs) yeah um it's a great life you get compensated well but you're not going to be the next elon musk (laughs) yeah exactly you're not you're not reaching like a million dollars a year yeah doing that yeah but again like we you do it because you love it like that's kind of the point like you're it's a job and we we choose our careers based on what our our interests are yeah um but yeah you were you're going you thought i was going to mention the fact that yeah at the end of the movie donna's oh i have to go see my boyfriend or whatever i have to go see this person and so sally's like oh it's okay i'll i've i know how to serve champagne or something yeah i'll take your place sort of thing like yeah i've served champagne enough times or whatever her line is and it's like they're in paris and then donna just leaves yeah so where is she going first of all <laughs> yeah if she's in paris because obviously they have a direct paris to cleveland route <laughs> and then Don- uh, sally who was a passenger suddenly is the one taking over her, yeah. her as a crew member <laughs> yeah, she makes a quick phone call i'm gonna need a uniform <laughs> and then yeah. like all of a sudden she's a working crew member again which that is <clears throat> completely un- impossible oh yeah I mean, it's funny and it adds to the yeah. movie, but yeah. Yeah. It, we're just pointing out the inaccuracies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had a couple, just the one last note here is the, yeah. just a little nostalgic thing is when Donna is working the Cleveland route as the Royalty Airlines Express um, division of, of their airline. And she's she's working and I don't know, it's a part of the movie where they, they get a new route within that express. And she's like... Oh, I get to I get to bake cookies after this. Oh yeah, because she's working like the first class of that plane and that route. Yeah. She's not quite first class international yet, but she she has a bit more of a business class. Yeah, um, on that plane, and I'm like, oh, that, that brought was, back memories because that, we do bake cookies. Yeah, we yeah. do bake cookies. Obviously, not we're not having in the stand mixer in the, in the galley and doing things but we have those you know <laughs> yeah. cookie dough balls that we do put in the oven and and bake and they're, so they're fresh yeah. yeah so that was a, yeah. a little nostalgia there because and that was accurate and it's it yeah. is exciting too when you every flight attendant likes to bake the cookies and have that scent wafting through the cabin and it's definitely not a bad scent <laughs> 
Yeah, and every, the passengers love it. They'll yep. come up and they'll be like, oh my God, it smells so good in here. And yeah. they're so excited to eat the cookies when you serve them. And yeah. if there's leftovers, the crew members love them. <laughs> wow. Crew members, pilots, yeah, everybody loves them. <laughs> yeah. Um, my last little note was uh, sort of like the final scene of the movie where you hear uh, the Donna character, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, making an announcement. It's the very sort of last scene. And then they show the flight attendant who hangs up the phone. And you're like, oh, that's not her. And then she turns around and she's the captain of the of the plane. Oh, And I'm like, you know what? That's actually accurate as well. I know several flight attendants who have gone on to become pilots. And uh, I, I even know flight attendants who have been in relationships and then, you know, something's gone wrong. And they're like, you know what? You know, I dated a pilot and... I think I would love to do that. And I know of several different people who have become pilots. Well, yeah, it's like, it's, I, we've talked about it within ourselves where it's like you, you start with the airline and you are a flight attendant and then you can move upwards in a way to, to service director, a bit more responsibility. It's like, you're not, I'm not saying you're better as a service director. I'm just saying like, you just have more responsibility. It's kind of the only step up the ladder in the way that there is so becoming a pilot is kind of another step it's not linear in that way but it's kind of like another possible step that if you you want to move forward within your aviation career but as a flight attendant you've kind of done it all you're maxed out yeah. yeah you've done all the positions and you've you know that's what there is your flight attendant or your service director. That's all there is yeah. kind of. So it does make sense for people to kind of thrive for more in that sense when they feel like they've done everything within yeah. the cabin crew world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I do also remember one other thing too, which is accurate is um, when Donna is, she finally gets the, the route, the Paris route and she's, going all over the world she's going to paris you said she's got a flight to cairo and madrid and they're showing her like walking through paris but then she's always coming they're showing her coming back into her apartment in new york yeah like after all these flights and then going on like crashing on the on her um on her bed after the long haul flights and being tired but that kind of montage She's alone and she's coming back to her apartment and then going back on the flights and going yeah. back to her apartment. That is a, also a very accurate depiction of like kind of the loneliness that you can feel with yeah. being a cabin cruise because, you know, especially if you have to relocate away from your family and friends, your your support system, you're alone in a new city and then you're also flying all the time. So it's hard to make new friends yep. and build a new group, a, a circle in your new city because, well, you're not there. Yeah, you're always flying. You're always away. You're and, always like, okay, I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> and you you tend to gravitate towards other people within your industry because those are the people you see at work, and a lot of them are in the same situation. And we we find a lot of people who get relocated uh, when they first start flying. You often like don't just get a place alone. You often get a place with like several other flight attendants who are in the same situation, and then you kind of build relationships that way. Mm-hmm. So. I like that depiction. It's also, and then she's like, she realizes in a way that, well, yeah, it's great to go to Paris, but then she misses her boyfriend or fiance or whatever. Boyfriend at the time, yeah. Yeah. In Cleveland. But I feel like they were not together though at that point. Yeah, no, they had broken up. They broken up because she had moved to New York, yeah. which is 
accurate because a lot of people do have to relocate and then their partner doesn't fully understand or support them flying or, or doing that, which happens. Not yep. everybody's going to support everything everybody else does. Yep. So that was accurate. And so she, you know, kind of realizes that she'd rather be with him than alone to- in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that little yeah. storyline. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite moment of the movie to, f- to finalize this episode, Jeremy? Uh, favorite moment of the movie? I, I Like, overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I kind of like the very last scene where she turns around and she's the captain of the plane. It's like... <laughs> yeah. I like the final, uh, the final dance scene when they're saying, we are royalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of it's like credits so and credits scene, yeah. Yeah, good. they're all dancing in the training uh, simulator, and obviously it's it's a it's a remake or a remix or whatever you want to say of of the known song. Yeah, but with all like airline lingo and like within royalty, so I I liked it, and everybody's dancing. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, if you've seen this movie, if you just watched it while listening to this podcast. Let us know in the comments of our Instagram post or email us. Yeah, tell us your favorite scene. Yeah, or, you know, tell us your favorite aviation movie because we will keep doing these and we want to have more ideas uh, on what to react to next. Yeah. And if you are out there flying Paris First Class International, always be (laughs) nice to your flight attendants. Because they might have to save your butt one day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram, at Mod Turbulence on Twitter, and follow us individually on Instagram at Huffy J and at La Delvi. Thank you.